Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My fellow superfans, and welcome to No Small Questions, the Q&A show with the cast of No Small Roles. I'm your QM, Sam Oaks, and I am beyond thrilled by tonight's guests. In the hot seat tonight, we have a pair of star uncrossed lovers, separated for so long and finally brought together in two explosive episodes. The silver-tongued bard and the feisty maiden... It's Grace Kelly Miller as Gwendolyn and guest player Jeremy Cobb as the highly anticipated Dwayne Fabulosa. I am so excited that you guys are here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So excited to this have you This is Jeremy really back. cool. I mean, the tension is palpable. I'm just I'm like reading through some of these questions. I cannot wait to ask you them because they're, they're ones that have been burning in my head for a month. I can't believe you made me wait a month. Anyway, right. Uh, also standing by in the Zoom chat, we have a collection of our Patreon subscribers and they're truly wonderful people. And we'll be hearing uh, a question or two from them later on in the show. This is your spoiler alert. Uh, we will be discussing story events right up to episode 31. So if you've not listened to the Hurdy Gurdy episodes, this is all going to sound pretty bizarre. Right. You've been warned. Uh, so let's get stuck in. Are you guys ready to have some questions thrown at you? Please throw them as hard as you can. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. So this is a curveball for Jeremy from Karen, uh, who has asked, well, so I do have a question for Jeremy, uh, one that I'm sure loads of people have asked already. But why did he go with Dwayne for a character? Hmm, this is an excellent question, Karen. I, it was originally not my... I, it, the suggestion to play Dwayne was actually one of David's suggestions. David had come to me with like a couple of different options for characters uh, and like just basic ideas. And one of them was Dwayne. And I had <laughs> recently listened to the episode in which Gwendolyn was talking about her backstory and was like, yeah, I'm sure he's coming back soon. Everybody's like, hmm. And I was like, oh, bro, I gotta be that guy. Uh, and we ended up actually, we ended up taking those ideas and combining them. Uh, so there's elements, I think, of all three of the suggestions that David made in what Dwayne ultimately became, but it was all filtered into uh, Dwayne Fabulosa. So you kind of say that these were put to you that there were like three characters that you meshed does that did that work with the backstory as well like was that something that david 
gave you it's like okay this is the backstory as you know it or was it still an organic process where you were able to be like i want to put this in and this in because i think it makes them more three-dimensional um we scheduled uh, a call which we ended up recording i think it's gonna be released very soon uh for the patrons <sighs> bonus content but uh basically he, he uh he was like look if you have any other ideas let me know these are three ideas that i've come up with and i was like cool and then i went on like a really long walk around my neighborhood and recorded like 30 plus minutes of me talking and brainstorming ideas and then came back and wrote them all down. And then David and I had like a whole conversation in which we then filled everything out and combined everything. And yeah. So I think, I think it was, it was very much a collaborative process. Uh, but a lot of the, like there were ideas flying from both sides for sure. Was, was it like a character that you felt like you could instantly pick up then, or did it take work for you to get to like, no, this is the Dwayne that we'd be expecting in the show not that what you did was what we expected at all yeah I think, away. <laughs> I think what i wanted to do the first thing that i wanted was to have him not just be just a bad guy <laughs> and yeah. have him actually uh be somebody with a very um sympathetic backstory or at least uh, relative like sympath- and sympathetic reasons for why he was doing what he was doing and so in that regard, I think once we once we settled on that, then it was like cool. And I think of like suave dude. Okay, great. Oh, uh, I've like why not make him British? That's fun. Everybody else is British <laughs> except for Guy. But I was like, I don't want to do an American <laughs> accent. I want to come in here uh, with with an English accent and make him real suave, over the top English. And uh, yeah, that was it, it. It once we actually had the backstory, I think it all came together quite quickly. Amazing. And I would also say for people that you know if they hadn't heard the preamble that was like you speaking and describing who the character was i think you might have fooled quite a lot of people with that accent it was very very good oh thank you so good (laughs) i'm gonna move on on to this next one because it does kind of follow up on this uh creation process that we're on here and it's for both of you from tiamat dangerblade on discord who said that he was surprised at Dwayne being a halfling when he was described as being a tall half-elf in episode three. So was that a conscious decision uh, or was it something that just kind of slipped through? It was 100% something that slipped through. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten that he had said it and so had had David. And I think I even asked David at some point, like, did, did, I can't remember, did they ever say what Dwayne's race was? I don't think so. I was like, cool, then I wanted to be a halfling. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like messaging david through the zoom chat going as soon as i heard the blue hair i was like oh my god it's Dwayne." but then when it was halfling i was like is it Dwayne? am i overreacting is this am i right so like and he was like oh and i was like yeah i think i mentioned it it's like are you sure i'm not sure cool let's just go with it <laughs> but that's why i put in the like you're shorter than i remember yeah <laughs> just was just like... that was hilarious <laughs> Oh, that was so good. I love the image of Dwayne as he is. I've already done a little drawing of him. I'm going to do more. Oh, it's actually right here. Um, For those little chibi, chibi Dwayne. That's super cute. He's a little bit squint-eyed. Oh, you listeners are getting a treat right now. Uh, This is patrons will get that. Yeah, now I'll probably stick it on the social media at some point. I just get a bit shy about my drawings because, like, you know, I ain't. I ain't an artist, but uh, yes, I like you drawing. Is. <laughs> I really like it. I think it's great. Thanks, mate. 
That's so good. And I, I, I do have to say as well that you weren't entirely wrong. Maybe he was a half elf and now he's a halfling mm. and he's really neither. I mean, he, he seems like he can change however he wants, really. He's a. It does, doesn't it? Interesting. Pretty that. adaptable, yeah. Dwayne. Could be. I love the image, though, of like Gwendolyn with a halfling. Like, it's just such <laughs> a great visual. Like, by being seduced by this three foot tall yeah, man. Yeah, I love it. Well, because I've got a tall mum and a short dad. So for me, I'm just like, yeah, like they hardly ever get represented. Like, so yeah, cool. I'm going with this. <laughs> there was a super cute moment where you went over and you're like, I take a hand or like the bottom of her finger because that's all that I can reach. <laughs> just like this mental image of you being about one foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, on to another question. This one is for you, Grace, uh, from Ashley Hooch Dangerfield. How will Gwen go forward after her reunion? Uh, so has this changed her motive for traveling or is it still going after Dwayne? Dwayne was very much a good way of getting out there into adventure. And now she's out and she's, you know, with an interesting group of people and solving mysteries and having this exciting life that she always wanted to have i think she's still gonna stick with it like she's running away from the pressures from her home life the things that she didn't want to do and Dwayne was just this wonderful exciting charming person who was just like run away with me i was just like yeah great i think like she'd still want to find him but i think she's probably gonna I know this is going to sound really wanky. Carry on on finding herself. Aww. <laughs> because it's interesting. She is kind of, and we're getting more of a sense of this in the episodes now of like Gwendolyn trying to hold on to this, uh, this image of what she is. But in order to do that, she has to go and like work out and do loads of physical things to then contain that part of herself to be this image of Gwendolyn that I wonder whether like as it goes on we're starting to see more and more of those layers being peeled back and Gwendolyn's going to realize that because she is tough Gwen is tough right you know she doesn't Mm -hmm. she doesn't need a man to look after her anymore like you know she's she's able to go out there and get it but I I do I mean I was always hashtag Gwen Kidu um (laughs) I am liking this new pairing yeah I mean I even with Dwayne like I'm not sure if it was necessarily about needing the man but like who wouldn't want Dwayne Mm. he is so much charm like you would totally be taken in by this like charming interesting person like yeah yeah we're gonna run away with Dwayne everybody listening is gonna run away with Dwayne like (laughs) he's interesting and fun and talented I think that's something me and Gwendolyn share is just talent is such a just like hello (laughs) I am following you now you're talented yes be my friend be my lover be my anything (laughs) (laughs) I personally am team Guabulosa Oh, uh, yeah. The, yeah, it's Dwayne 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 Fabulosa. Because the, oh, yeah. yes, yeah, Dwayne Fabulosa. <laughs> That's what team I am, Dwayne Fabulosa. <laughs> it yeah, it took me a shamefully long time to come up with that one. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so this is a follow-up question, also for Grace, and this is from Bebe David, uh, who asks Le Bebe, Le Bebe himself. Uh, does Gwendolyn still feel like she's betrothed to Colin or Dwayne, or is she officially single? Ooh, that is a question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Dwayne leans forward. <laughs> <laughs> he he told her he loves her. Still, like 
there's a lot that's preventing them from being together, but there's still enough to make her go, well, I'm pretty sure he likes me, maybe. But also, who knows when he's going to turn up again? So I, I think, yeah, she's like, she knows how she feels about him, but she really doesn't know where that's going to go and what's going to happen. So I think she's confused. Mm. It's she is uh, her Facebook relationship status is it's complicated. <laughs> that is that's where she's at with that. That's a really good way of putting it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> th- I mean, there was something in here about Colin as well. And this is something that's been plaguing my mind. Was there any explanation given for Colin or did she just up and vanish on the wedding day? Like, you know, classic runaway bride running down away from the chapel in the oh, dress. <laughs> yeah, pr- full on dramatic. Like, um, I, I, I really want to draw this at some point and probably actually now I've actually got a Dwayne. I could go, hey, what do you think happened? Um, <laughs> but like in my head, it is this, you know, she it was this outdoor wedding. She was walking down the aisle. Dwayne was playing the wedding music. And they looked at each other. They knew that they were going to run away. And she just takes the moment, at you know, as she reaches Colin and it's just like, I don't. And then they run off. She oh, picks up oh. her um, ornamental spear that had been part of the decoration. That's where she got her spear from. And they ride off on a horse into the sunset. Uh, and that is, yeah, like, you know, they went for the most fabulosa way of mm. leaving a wedding. And it was pretty dramatic so it's like the ending of the graduate yeah because yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you get to the next town it, Dwayne is definitely like okay this is the back of the bus moment i'm gonna walk yeah. off in this direction <laughs> hello arthur my old friend yeah <laughs> she didn't she she didn't want to marry colin but she kind of thought it was the best thing to do and then she met Dwayne, and she realized it really wasn't the best thing to do yeah, I mean, if you're if you're walking up the aisle to somebody and you catch sight with a bard, and that is enough of a connection for you to be like, yeah, that's what I want, and not this. Well, that's like, it, was strong. it was planned. It was it was planned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you just smiled during the ceremony, <laughs> well, she hey, just I believe there it. was there was some wooing. There was some wooing. There was definitely like, some some mooing. Yeah. Did he say was that? <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps the mooing was part of the wooing. Uh, <laughs> You don't know, don't kink shape, shame Gwendolyn. We don't know what she's into. <laughs> oh my lord, before this gets completely out of control, I, I think we should move on to another question. Good idea. Don't drink the milk, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, um, this is from Han Clan, one of our Patreons, mm-hmm. uh, who was asked through the Discord, why the hurdy-gurdy? It's a wonderful instrument, but not a common one nowadays. So yeah, mm. what, what, what made you think hurdy-gurdy is the instrument that this bard is going to play? Well, Han Clan, uh, this, is a, this, is a parsh- this is a multi-step story. It begins with me being a big fan of the movie Zodiac, uh, which prominently features the song Hurdy Gurdy Man by Donovan, which does not actually feature a hurdy-gurdy, but is a great song. Uh, and then years later, when I played, it was my second D&D campaign ever, I was playing a bard, and I was looking at the lists of instruments, and I was like, some of these, I don't know what they are. I looked them up, and I was like, eh, 
I'm not as interested in any of these. And then I looked up the hurdy gurdy because I remembered it from the song and I was like, oh, dude, this is sick. <laughs> this is sick. Uh, and so that character played a hurdy gurdy. And since then, the hurdy gurdy has been my favorite medieval instrument. Like I've, I've used it for like music in a bunch of different games that I've DM'd. Uh, it, yeah, it's I have like a bunch of hurdy gurdy songs and covers of popular songs on hurdy gurdy on my iPod. So that is oh why. God. Yeah, I wanted That's something amazing. that was distinctive. Uh, and so hurdy gurdy accompanied by kick drum that was, that was the idea <laughs> you've just opened up you know this world for so many people though that hadn't because there's there've been a lot of chat about this on like the uh on the discord online about you know what is the hurdy gurdy and people going out and listening to hurdy gurdies you started a hurdy gurdy revolution oh i'm glad i'm glad <laughs> to have been the, the spark to ignite the hurdy gurdy flame yeah i think i heard actually that the theater company were throwing out their ukuleles and replacing them with hurdy gurdies did i get that right mm. you heard it here first folks grace have you heard anything from open bar i think that's what's happening oh god i can't learn how to play a hurdy gurdy oh no i can hardly play the ukulele <laughs> Yeah, they're notoriously hard. Apparently, like you're supposed, they're you're advised to build it so that you can actually understand how to play it. Because otherwise, it tends to sound really bad. Oh wow, that's yeah. amazing! You have to really be at one with your instrument. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I saw one. I saw one in person once. Like a guy what? just playing one on the street. I was in. I was doing a play in Sirencester, actually, uh, which is the sh- the show where I met Jasper from Three Black Halflings, uh, and t- and told him and like taught him D and D. I was like walking around Sirencester, and there was just a busker playing hurdy gurdy, and it was the coolest thing. Was this before or after then? Your your kind of foray into the world of the hurdy-gurdy or this was was after this This was after i had played that character like earlier that year like in like january of that year and then in like (laughs) march i saw a dude actually playing it in person oh that's so good it was meant to be (laughs) uh oh we've got a follow-up question here from stewtown uh at stewtown 2583 uh who's asked it's a question for both of you uh in light of the hurdy-gurdy is there any instrument or instruments that either of you can't play that you would really like to? Uh, also, what do you think is the most beautiful sounding instrument? Mm. Do you uh, want to answer that one first? Yeah, go for it, Grace. You go first. I mean, I'm meant to be able to play the ukulele, but I can't, as David knows. <laughs> David's been teaching me the ukulele for about four years. <laughs> still, still mime it most of the time play a couple of the chords yeah um so i would love to be able to actually play the ukulele but i always used to say like the instrument that i'd want to le- know how to play was the oboe Ooh. oh wow yeah and i think that was just me being pretentious <laughs> is, is that one still there i still i still think the oboe is kind of cool like it's a good it's, instrument yeah i used to play i used to play bass clarinet in in my high school's orchestra and the oboe got like all the really cool woodwind parts got all the yeah. solos and everything yeah. it's like you know, a deep deep earthy woodwind sort of like I, I like that. Yeah, oboe. I'd like to be able to play the oboe. It's a solid choice. Is that the one that you also think sounds, you know, uh, the most beautiful instrument in the world? I know it probably sounds really simple, but I think piano is probably the most beautiful because there's so much you can do with it. I remember, like, hearing somebody do, like, Chopin in a recital, I think, and I was just like, oh, that's good. That's like, wow. I didn't know how good the piano is and or was. And I just think it, it, the piano can be so many things. And 
I think that's something that just appeals to me as a person. Like that's why I'm an actor is because I want to live a hundred lives yeah. in my one life. And I think the piano can be thousands of musical journeys. So it's piano for me. Mm. Uh, I think uh, I I second the piano and also uh, with the added caveat, because I'm not sure if this counts, but I think the human voice is also probably, if it, if not the piano, I would probably go with the human voice because that's mm-hmm. like insanely versatile. Uh, it could produce some really, really, really beautiful sounds. Um, but I absolutely agree. Uh, the piano would be my choice for, uh, I guess, instrument instruments. Um, and as far as instruments that I cannot play that I'd really like to, I would really, really love to be like a virtuoso at both the bass guitar and the drums. At the same time? Uh, either one. If I was a virtuoso <laughs> at either, I'd be very happy. And then if I was just simply like rudimentary, like rudimentarily skilled at the other one. So you basically want to be super fan Pippa. <laughs> oh, can you yeah. play? Pippa, can you play both the bass and the drums? Whoa. We're We've getting a, a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I mean, well, I guess I saw you play them in the video now that I think about it. Oh, wow. That's really cool. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, we got to have, uh, we got to have like, Pip, you got to teach me, give me some lessons. Hit me up. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I mean, she's a very good teacher uh, from what I've heard. So that would be a good lesson. Mm. <laughs> I may have um, to get your contact information. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, I've got to say, I, I just, the one that I really want to learn, I know it's not about me, but the one I would really want to learn. Have you seen Kill Bill? Like the really long flute oh, that yeah. he plays in the desert. That, for me, I would love to just, like, oh, excuse me, this isn't just a walking stick and like pull it out and then just, you know, ah, oh, that would be for me. But anyway, enough about me. Let's get back to you guys. Um, so- <laughs> I like that instrument. That's a cool scene. Yeah. I think it's probably uh, Japanese. I'm guessing. I, it's, oh, it's so cool, isn't it? Uh, I just, I mean, it, it might just be the way that um, uh, it's David Carradine, isn't it? That plays mm-hmm. it. Um, just how cool he looks and the way that they make it sound within that, but just the, the tones that come out of it. Blah. So cool. But yeah, when do you have the time? Uh, anyways, right, let's move on to another question for Jeremy. Uh, so <laughs> this is from at Helen Fully Actor, uh, who asks... Why ghost cow? Uh, anything else would surely have been easier. So yes, Jeremy. Why ghost cow? <laughs> it's the easier part that gets me. <laughs> like, why did you do that? Why? <laughs> uh, the uh, the answer is that in the moment, uh, I think Dwayne was. Well, I could tell you that I came in with knowledge of what Dwayne had been doing and why he was there. But I think upon I did not anticipate somebody reading Dwayne's mind. And so when Dwayne is now having to like scramble to come up with something, that means I'm now having to scramble to come up with something. <laughs> and for whatever reason, uh, we went with the ghost cow. That was the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, and and off mic, we had a, a, a conversation. I think it may have been inspired unconsciously by a, a, a character. Basically, in, in a campaign that I had run, there was a, a Minotaur character who had befriended an aurochs, which is kind of like a prehistoric cow that used to live in hmm. Uh, used to live in Europe, uh, like a really big, aggressive cow. And he had befriended it and sort of kind of tamed it, basically taken her away from her herd, named her Timba, uh, but he hadn't trained her at all. And like the day after he took her away from her herd, he then tried to ride her, but she's like a (laughs) literal cow. So of course she freaks out. And 
the, after all this, like basically over the course of a day, uh, the party was on the run from the law and they got, he was no longer writing her. He now was leading her on uh, by, a, by a rope and they were spotted by some scouts who were searching this huge field, but they didn't spot everybody. They just spotted Timba because she rolled too low on her stealth. And, <laughs> and this character, Jal, um, rather than do anything, like once he realized that Timba had been spotted, just let go of the rope and started walking away and Timba like stopped and like let out kind of like a questioning moo and Joel I'll never forget this he was like I throw her a ration <laughs> and just one of the rations that you have at d just throws it over his shoulder and leaves her in this field where she is then shot by the scouts for dinner no. um and then sometime later they were the party was in a big mansion in which they had to it's basically a haunted house that was filled with like undead slash dreamlike versions of all of their major foes. And at the very end, uh, one of the three final foes that fought them was a revenant version of Timba the cow who almost killed Jaw twice. He was one failed death save away from death on multiple Ooh. occasions. She was absolutely relentless. Uh, and so I think that was where the ghost cow <laughs> came from originally. I love that it comes from that. Like, I literally thought it was something that you made up at the time. It was so ridiculous, but brilliant. Um, yeah, I love that it's got, uh, like, it's got a history roots. to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a weirdly tragic history of a, of a very uh, vengeful cow. Oh, that's brilliant. I think I might have to bring it into my game now. Ghost cow lives on. I mean, yes. they listen to the podcast. They would love it as well. Um <laughs> okay cool um let's have another question for both of you this is from uh amos so at tom underscore cfc underscore amos who has asked uh what are your thoughts on the recent blockbuster film tenet <laughs> i'm glad this question made the list <laughs> <laughs> i'm confused <laughs> it is i believe uh considering this question uh, was originally left on one of the three black halflings retweets uh, of the advertisement for questions. I believe that this is a reference to a running joke that we have on Three Black Halflings, where in our very first Patreon mini-sode, we just, for whatever reason, Jasper and I talked about the movie Tenet for like 20 minutes. And ever since then, <laughs> I have tried to bring it up as often as possible, even if it's just like a, a short sentence uh, referencing the movie Tenet. Uh, it's, it's a it's a fine movie, not that good. Uh, I would I would say it's probably the Nolanist mo- uh, Nolan movie that has ever been Noland. Uh, <laughs> men in suits, uh, barely audible dialogue, tons of exposition, very wow. difficult to follow plot. Yeah, very loud, overbearing score, twisting and turning. Uh, female character who's undermining a powerful man. Uh, there's like a weird thing that occurs in his work. Um, yeah, it, it's very very Nolanish. And did you enjoy it? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Some parts of it were real cool. I like Robert Pattinson. He was fun. And I, I thought the acting was good. It was just like, hmm, okay, well, cool. So that yeah, was that. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I was just, it was one of like the first things I'd seen in the cinema. So I was just like so excited to see it. I was just excited to be in the cinema. I was in a different seat other than my room. There were loud noises. I had sweeties. It was great. Michael Caine was there. Yeah. I had a great time. I mean, apart from that, I think Bill and Ted was the only other film I watched last year, like in the cinema. So, you know, it was good. Which one did you prefer, Bill and Ted or Tenet? 
They are two very similar films. I mean, they were they were wibbly wobbly timey wimey in both. So very true. I I I think I enjoyed them equally. I think they. <laughs> I, don't know if that's, I still don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. The, the look on your face through all of this is so is so pained. Uh, have you seen the other Bill and Ted movies? I have. I love the other Bill and Ted movies. They're yeah, just fun they're and silly. Yeah. yeah, they're totally excellent. 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 Mm. They're, just, they're just really silly, good fun, like, and they're quite pure, really, which you don't get with a lot of films. Like, mm. but yeah, so I, I've got a lot of love for Bill and Ted, but nah, I don't know if the third one, it, the third <laughs> one's never quite hit the spot, do they? It's but, rare. It's hmm. really rare that the third one holds up to the first two. Yeah. I feel like the best trilogy is Toy Story. Ooh. Mm. Quadrilogy like, now? Uh, no, it's a trilogy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I have, you heard it here first, everyone. I don't, I don't know how much time we have, but I have a whole diatribe on why they should. The, fir, the original three Toy Stories work very, very well. I can say it if you'd like, otherwise we could just move on. <laughs> uh, we've got time. Yeah. Okay. So buckle in, folks. Uh, well, this is this is my TED talk as to why uh, the the first three tr- uh, Toy Story movies are a very very good ex- uh, exploration of the process of getting old and dying. Um, the first Ooh. Toy Story, uh, you have Woody as the established cool guy, big kid on the block, uh, and then suddenly a much newer, younger toy, flashier toy arrives, uh, and everybody is immediately smitten with this new toy. And in fact, you even have the subtext of the cow boy the hero of ages past being uh being um i guess what would be the word uh have have their throne stolen by the the onset of the spaceman uh which is buzz lightyear and you have woody essentially having this midlife crisis or at least a mid-30s mid to late 30s crisis of realizing he is no longer the zeitgeist the zeitgeist is gone and he's having to come to terms with the fact that he is outdated uh, and he's having to accept that fact that he is no longer the cool guy that he once was, which of course makes him cool again by the end. Uh, <laughs> and then in Toy Story 2, Woody starts to literally fall apart. He's getting too old. He becomes aware of his mortality. He meets other toys who have who have lost people in their lives. Jesse's entire backstory of having lost the, the girl who used to play with her uh, is in many ways, uh, you could argue a metaphor for losing a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's Squeaky, I can't remember if that's his name, but the Penguin, who has been up in the attic, which is their version of death, and doesn't even work properly anymore. Like, he's broken down uh woody is being he's becoming aware of the fact that one day this this life that he has with andy is going to end he's going to die and he has to accept that he has to come to terms with that fact and that's what toy story 2 is about uh and then toy story 3 is about him actually dying Uh, at first they think they're going to go to an endless void which is the attic but instead they get accidentally sold to the daycare which they at first think is heaven because now they have a never ending supply of children to play with but it turns out in order to get to heaven you have to go through purgatory then get played with by all of the little kids which they then try to subvert by escaping that facility uh, which results in them almost literally going to hell and being destroyed in an inferno uh, and then it turns out the happy ending is that they get reincarnated because they were good toys. So they get to be given to a new uh, young girl to be played with. And that is that is their reward. Whereas Lotso Hug and Bear, the evil toy, uh, ends up being reincarnated as a hood ornament, 
or I guess a grill ornament, <laughs> as it were, uh, because he was he was bad. Uh, and like, there's more things that I could pull out from the series, but that is essentially my TED talk. You do not need a fourth <laughs> entry. We've already had the process. We don't need anything mm-hmm. else. Yes. Wow. I, yes, that I'm going to applaud that. Was amazing, and I hope every word of that stays in this when it airs. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> that was incredible. I completely agree with every single thing. Yeah. And I remember being a probably I don't know how old I was, eighteen, nineteen, maybe, sitting in the cinema with my other grown ass friend, crying our eyes out as they held each other's hands as they're going into the inferno and just being like, oh my God. Oh, brutal. It, oh, like, yeah, and just the the fourth one, why? Did you see the edit where somebody had, they showed it to their mom for the first time, they edited the movie where, so that it ended with them just sinking towards the furnace? No! <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you just see them like holding each other's <laughs> hands and then it just shows the like uh, directed by and you hear like, do, 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 do. <gasps> Like a really sad version of you've got a friend in me. Oh my god! Like, Take care of your toys. <laughs> the mom is like, no, no, that can't be. What they can't end it there? Like it was so. That is ridiculous. Like they died. Oh <laughs> Traumatized. Oh yeah. God. I've just seen uh, that. That Karen's Karen. put up a picture in the group. It's amazing. It was. It's oh of Gwendolyn's wedding day. Oh. That this is, is amazing. Incredible. Dwayne is getting a piggyback. I love that. I love it so, so much. Cute. Karen, oh. you're so clever. That is oh, so I, I need this picture. I need this picture. <laughs> Karen, can you post it somewhere? I need to have it. We need it. That's a... Oh, look at... Oh, look at his little face and his mustache. So his little mustache. I love it. That's so cool. <laughs> and you got the spear and everything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's that's made my night. I can hear the wedding music too as you're like sprinting away. <laughs> yeah, the rest of like Dwayne's band who are just like playing him off, like yeah, go on, Dwayne. <laughs> I think just for the listeners, this is going to have to go on the No Small Roles uh, Instagram account just so that oh, you guys yeah, can actually sure. see what we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, it's really cute. <laughs> We oh, love it. this is adorable. Thank you, Karen. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. We have such talented patrons. Absolutely. And me. Yeah. <laughs> and you are talented. <laughs> Look at you ask questions. You can read. Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> read and speak. <laughs> read and <moment>. speak. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? I'm going to take a break from uh, reading and speaking because we've actually got a question from one of the patrons uh, who is standing by is, of course, Pippa, who has a question for Grace. So, Pippa, over to you. Hi, guys. Uh, so, yeah, my question for Grace is that Gwen has spoken fondly about her sister Prim from time to time, but has only briefly mentioned her little brother in passing. As far as I can recall, he hasn't actually been named yet. Is there anything more you can tell us about him and the relationship between the three siblings growing up in general? Well, yes. And in fact, it's not stuff that's come out in game, but it's not like it's a big secret. I think um, like having uh, somebody, Juna, who knows all of like Gwendolyn's life, basically, it means that like the more kind of detailed parts of her family life haven't fully come out. But so her younger brother, um, I actually originally had down as Darian and I just looked at it and went, hmm, 
That sounds a lot like Berrien. He likes to play that's, in fields, yeah. <laughs> that's going to be confusing for our listeners. So I have just renamed him to Dorian and uh, Gwendolyn calls him Doe for short. Um, so a uh, little Dorian is actually the son of Kasula because Kasula, as well as being Gwendolyn's mentor and teacher, also becomes Gwendolyn's stepmother. <gasps> no way. There we go. You heard it here Ooh. first. Oh my God. On no small questions. Oh. Yeah. So uh, it's not a secret. She would talk to anybody about it. So that's why I'm just like, oh, I'm not going to like be like, oh, it's a massive secret. But it's, it's, it's just like information that's not come out. That's so good. So Kasula's an elf. So her little brother's a half elf. And her older sister, Prim, uh, is human from um, her dad's first marriage. Yeah. So they're kind of, it's a mixed family. I think there's lots of sibling rivalry, but there's also uh, a lot of love as well. Like, you know, me and my sister used to fight like cats and dogs growing up, but like we still love each other to bits. It's easy to take things from your own life and put them into a character. So I just like kind of went, yeah, I want this sibling rivalry with a sister, but I want to see what it's like to be the middle kid. I want to with an older sister and a younger brother. And where does Gwendolyn fit in with that? And what's that like for her? So, um, yeah, but I think there's a lot of love there. And I, I, I wanted her to come from, even though she doesn't know her mum, she has got a mother figure in her. In fact, she's got two mother figures because Juna's been a mother figure as well. So she's come from, she's come from a good supportive family. There's just things that she doesn't necessarily want from what they want from her. So she was very on side with, with betrothal to Colin then? She was up to a point. Okay. Uh, but like, that's, I don't know, I think that might be going too far. I've given I've given you guys you know enough. I know I'm just dangling <laughs> this thread and hoping that you're going to give us more. But yeah, <laughs> gotta say some of the episodes. Can I speculate? Was it like a duty thing where she's like, "This is what I need to do for uh for the good of my family." Yeah, I think I think duty is the closest thing that it kind of goes with. Yeah, mm. uh, Gwendolyn, like she presents this very kind of trying to be perfect because that's what she was taught to try and be, but. She's, you know, she, she's she's done her fair dealings of fuck ups and a mix of duty and amends, I would say. It's Colin. Mm. <laughs> but he's so boring. Who wants to marry Colin? I mean, you're saying that, but then David will get across somebody really charismatic to play oh, the character. No, we'll all be completely won over. And then we'll just be like, <laughs> Gwendolyn's a really bad judge of character. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna be, you guys get Jasper uh, from the Catholic to play Colin, and it becomes <gasps> like at some point there's a duel between uh, oh Colin God. and Dwayne. You realize you suggested that at the exact same time as Baby David did in the chat. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. Start drafting up your character sheets for that one. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks, uh, Grace. And thank you, Pippa, for the question. Brilliant, as Thanks, always. Pippa. Thanks, Pippa. Thank you, Grace. Okay, uh, let's have another question for Jeremy. Uh, again, from Ashley Hooch Dangerfield, who has asked, Was Dwayne's transformation after the battle at the end of episode 29 a spur-of-the-moment choice, or was the getaway always planned like that? I think we know what he's talking about. Yes. Uh, flying off. Uh, yes. Yeah, was was that a, a, a panic moment or in the, <laughs> did you know that that was coming? The ability to transform was always planned, but the actual transformation was a spur of the moment. Essentially, 
I we had planned for me to be on for two episodes. And then at the end of the second episode, there had been no reason for me to leave. <laughs> and so I was it was like, hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I guess we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll maybe we'll have to stick around for another one. I don't know. And then uh as soon as Guy hit Dwayne with the with the suggestion, I was like, oh. And then when when I actually failed the role, it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I got because the other thing was there was all this backstory that we'd made that it was like, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to get into that. And suddenly now it's like, oh, okay, now we can get into some of it. So it was on it was in a way basically it because it, in my brain it's like, okay, well, I'm now forced to reveal part of my backstory. I think Dwayne is ext- I think all of that is extremely painful for Dwayne, and I don't think he ever likes to talk about it. And I think a lot of the way that he engages with the world is by blocking. He pretends to bring people in so that he can keep them where he wants them. He doesn't want people to see the real him, uh, both figuratively and literally. And mm-hmm. I think now that he's been forced to expose uh, parts uh, parts of himself that he doesn't normally expose, well, uh, we know what that sounds like. But he was forced to <laughs> he was forced to give up some key info about himself that he probably hasn't told anyone in a very very long time, if at all. Um, I think that was one of the situations where he's like, ah, I now feel really really uncomfortable here. But then on top of that, the fact that he was already feeling bad that Gwendolyn got hurt when uh, Art had caused the explosion that birthed that elemental and it had caused all this destruction. I think there was also an element of like the Jonah, like, oh, I, if, if I'm with you guys, you're going to get destroyed. I need to get off of this boat. Yeah. And so all of that together was like, as soon as that was why I asked, like, can I see Art? And as soon as like, it was clear that, yep, Art's still here. Okay, well, it's time for Dwayne to go. Because, th- I mean, that was, it was incredible. Like, because it was, we've been getting used to, uh, like, in recent episodes, more and more lore dump, more and more backstory. But for Dwayne, it was just a, like, like, all of this information just came flooding out, like, to the point where it's almost like you've had this wall up for so long with absolutely everyone that literally one chink in that wall and everything comes out, including what you really are. Um it was incredible. It was you know, uh, to see all these stories that you could come up with on the fly, and then just to be absolutely vulnerable in that moment. And I think uh, that there might have been a sound from Grace in the episode, but certainly everybody listening was just like, "Oh, and ah." <laughs> it was a real case of um, if we weren't won over by him before. Definitely at that moment for me, I was like, "Okay, now I am definitely Dwendalyn Fabiosa." <laughs> it was one of those moments where like when we came up with the backstory it didn't occur to me that it would actually like we i think when david and i were coming up with it i was like yeah this is cool i like this this is nice and then when i said it uh the whole atmosphere in that zoom call was just like oh like there was such like a sadness yes. there was like there were long I cried I th- real tears yeah <laughs> that, yeah <laughs> like the pauses i think were all real like there was a long pause after the episode we were all just like wow that was a lot that was yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad that it ended up being as effective as it was. Well, there's effectively, so it was episode two when Gwendolyn came in and pretty much straight away she was talking about Dwayne Fabuloso. I, I think her first words in this world were, Dwayne! Um, <laughs> yeah. So we've, there's been 28 episodes of build-up to like, why did this happen? Why did he run away? I think for most of those characters, they were like, right, okay, we're finally going to hear how much of a, a creep, how much of a waste of a space this guy is. And for it to be that, 
and to know that that is the truth because of a spell was was mind-blowing it was brilliant it was so so well played uh, I got to give credit to to Chris for coming up with the idea for the suggestion because uh, when he did it, it was like, ooh. Yes. And then uh, I got to give credit to everybody else who was on that call because all of, I was looking at you guys and all of your faces were like hitting me so hard. I was like, man, this is heavy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the acting was was flying, uh, was was hitting hard in that moment. Just looking at everybody else's faces, it's like, dang. These people are good. (laughs) (laughs) But to think that without that moment, you might have had to have become a permanent cast member. That is a bit of a shame. But, you know, swings and roundabouts. (laughs) You ruined it, Chris. You ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay, moving on with another question for Jeremy. Uh, This is from Baby David, uh, who has asked, Will Dwayne ever face his ex or will he keep running away? So this is uh, Arthur. I think that as of right now, Dwayne has his ways of keeping art at bay, which we did not get into. But eventually there might have to be some kind of a reckoning because it can't just keep going on like this forever. So maybe I don't think Dwayne... I think I think after seeing Gwendolyn again and actually like having a, a more I think probably the first honest connection that he's had in a very very long time because I don't think he's been able to be honest about his past uh the fact that that, that connection that he already had which was real has now become I think an honest connection I think is one that's like he wants to come back and be able to live a normal life, ideally with Gwendolyn in some way. But at the same time, that's I think that 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 boogeyman of Arthur in the background is like he it, he doesn't he he I don't think he's prepared yet to go up against Arthur. But one day I could see it definitely happening. Do you think that's from uh, like an emotional apprehension? Like I I can't deal with this because Arthur meant so much to me, or is it? Because uh, I, I have actually put a question in here as well, which is a follow-up uh, to this, which is kind of like, you know, if if you are, what happened at the end of the episode where it's a dragon, true polymorph, they need to be a certain number of years in order to be able to do that. So already immensely powerful when in that form. So the fact that Dwayne is so scared of a revenant. Yeah, it's 100% emotional. Because if even if even if he was like a weaker character, he could have talked some people into teaming up with him, and they fight Arthur and you know defeat. But it's like no, because I think Dwayne has still suffers from a tremendous amount of guilt over that whole thing, uh, and so he couldn't give it up. Like he can't let go of Arthur. I think part of it is like he can't let go of Arthur as much as Arthur can't let go of him. So that's kind of what fed into then. Dwayne being like, no, I have to leave because people might die. And there's another person here that I care about equally, I'm guessing. Yeah. Oh my god, you could be pursued by both Arthur and Gwendolyn for the rest of your days. <laughs> Gwendolyn returns as a revenant and is chasing Gwen or chasing Dan- Dwayne down. And then just suddenly one day Heroica turns up as well. And like, no! Oh, no, no, not you too. Is it kind of like a way of keeping art alive? Yeah, I think you could say that for sure. Because like he gets to see him now. Maybe not every day, but he gets to see him on a semi-regular-ish basis, even if he can't talk to him and even if he can't really have that relationship, at least he gets to see that he's still there. He's still around. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just, it, like, after the backstory, though, as well, it's so sad that this character, you know, that, that Arthur still blames 
Dwayne for everything that happened. You know, this whole idea of being, you know, it wasn't really Dwayne that did it, but being the the subject of this thing's vengeance to then come after you so powerfully and that effect. And it was, yeah, it was really, really well played. Really beautifully played. Uh, especially now that I have a little bit more mm. uh, knowledge like inside those thoughts and emotions. Uh, let's switch to a question for Grace now. So this is from Michael Cook, uh, who has asked, Will Gwen and Guy... Oh, no. <laughs> Will Gwen and Guy make reparations to Bessie's owner for the theft? Ooh. Uh, that is a heavy question. <laughs> I, I think Gwendolyn wants to send money back to Alfred. I think that was always something she'd wanted to do, like either send Bessie back or send money back. But she's not had a huge amount of money yet. Like, obviously, her family has money, but physically, like, she's not had much during this campaign. So I think, yeah, I think it will be something that she will at some point get around to it. I don't know if Guy will be so willing, but she might try and talk him into it. She's She's got a way of getting him to do things that <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I mean, there is a hope because at, at point of, rec- uh, you know, time of recording, we just listened to uh, Guy in the workshop and we know that he has some sheets with him, uh, sheets of gold. I'm hoping that he picked them up to be like, this is for Bessie's owner. But I think it's more like he picked them up. This is for Guy. Uh, yeah <laughs> i imagine so like we kind of we we kind of see guy being a bit like uh what's the word not butter fingered what's the other sticky fingered that's mm-hmm. it and i but he kind of always seems to do it when the rest of us aren't really watching so uh, yeah it's it's the things that guy does when we're sleeping and you know sneaky guy things and and of course, like you know, he does have no clue about money because he thought he had a thousand gold. Uh... <laughs> fully Scrooge McDuck in it. Yeah. Fully Scrooge McDuck in it. Like, oh, it's a hundred. Oh, okay. I think that so might have been funny. one of my like. I love it when we fuck up on the episode. <laughs> Just the fact that Chris was so sure he had a thousand gold is still my it was such favorite. a big moment too. Oh. And of course, David then lays it on thick by doing that build up of the music as well. So, because we are all there going, oh my God, what is this? Like, where's he got all this money? And it was like, oh no, I just put an extra zero. So it's like, brilliant. It's just that moment was like, oh, it's 140. And it it felt like that moment where you like, I've never done this, but you take a cupcake away from a child. You know, and that. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all been there, right? But I, I wonder if he was there like, how have you guys spent all of this money? We got 1,400 gold. Uh, <laughs> when we're in Vernock Rise, how could you possibly have spent this on a pipe? Oh, it was oh. genius. I love that you keep select moments in there as well. And, you know, even when you can hear it in the recording of like, oh, we'll cut that out. It's like, nah, we're nah. not. <laughs> we're, we're such bastards to each other sometimes. <laughs> we're like, nah, that's funny. We're keeping it in. <laughs> oh, but you can also be supportive. And I, I think not only Guy, but Chris was feeling the loss of Bessie. Um, yeah. You could kind of hear it in his voice. And um, got to say, Grace, the song you did, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Absolutely beautiful. Had you pre-written that? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd been, I'd be, I'd been like, if there's an opportunity, I feel like Gwendolyn would would sing a little something because I've got this kind of like idea of this very Austin sort of 
character. And, you know, these young ladies are accomplished and she can't play any instrument, but she can sing a little. And it just, yeah, it just felt like the right moment. And Hmm. I wanted to add to the world building. Does this mean we might be getting a few more songs from Gwendolyn going forward? Maybe. Not written any yet, though. <laughs> so you know we'll what? See. I'd love it though if, if, if you know, you bring them out every now and then. I'm, I'm already imagining, uh, you know, Juna's book of stories that that will be an illustrated tome somewhere. So yeah, you could bring out yeah. the, the Rose album. <laughs> <laughs> and then when, like, you know, Dwayne and Gwendolyn finally get together, they just go touring. Yeah, <laughs> they, we should write a duet. That yes! we sing in the event that we oh that we eventually get together. I want that so badly. Please, can we write a duet for Dwayne and Gwendolyn? Legit, though, I'm down. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, Yay. I can't wait, uh, Pippa. You better let me know when you're recording that one, okay? <laughs> and actually, mentioning Pippa, she's got a question for you, Jeremy. Over to you. I have indeed. Hi, Jeremy. So uh, my question is, uh, what was the inspiration behind the choices of animals that Dwayne had with him in the bag of tricks? Was there any additional backstory created for Winthrop the tiger in particular, given the significance of his name? It's a very good question, Pippa. Thank you. So that bag of tricks is actually a D&D item, an official D&D item known as the bag of tricks. Uh, it comes in three different varieties. I had asked David if I could have one, and I rolled a D6 uh, to see which one I ended up with. I ended up with the tan bag of tricks, uh, which depending when basically what happens is you reach into the bag of trips, tricks, grab a fuzzy ball, throw the fuzzy ball, and then you roll a D8 to see which animal uh, appears. And each ba- each color bag has a different list of animals. So the tan bag has a jackal, ape, baboon, axe beak, black bear, giant weasel, giant hyena, and tiger. And so I then created just a list of names that I thought would work with whatever animal that I pulled from the hat. So Reggie happened to be the first one. So it was Reggie the axe beak. And then I had in my notes, I'm looking at them right now. I had, I had, uh, David had sent me some background that I would know uh, about some of the situation. And I had bolded all of the names and it said, I have here, the party are currently investigating the Wingthrup family in bold. And so (laughs) I think when I was typing out Winthrop, I, I subconsciously was like, hmm. Like I was thinking of names, uh, like a name. Ah, Winthrop. Let's throw that down. So right underneath Winthrop, uh, a couple lines down is Winthrop. Uh, and then Eloise and other names included uh, uh, Miranda, Lucinda, Gregorius, and maybe some more. Uh, so, yeah. we. If I had kept throwing out stuff, then we would have potentially gotten even more animals. I love that. That is so good. Did anybody mention it at the time of recording then, or did they just let you run with it and then afterwards? We just we kind of in character asked, like, is that any oh, relation did, sort you? of thing? And it was like, nah. I'm giving you the meta explanation. Who knows? Maybe there's an in-universe explanation that is actually much more uh sinister. Well, wasn't there something in um Superfan chats where somebody said, like, oh, maybe it's like, you know, Dwayne schmoozing up to the local family with power uh yeah i believe that was pippa that mentioned that actually it's a good theory i like yeah i really like that theory i i I mean i'm I'm coming up with another theory now that's potentially you know my parents aren't my parents are Mm. they reggie and winthrop 
Ooh. <laughs> yeah, like that's what David's Reggie been thinking. and Eloise Winthrop. <laughs> there you have it. You heard it here first, folks. Oh, God. <laughs> now I really hope they're actually named Reggie and Eloise. <laughs> I've just seen that Karen's posted in the chat that um, my current character in my own campaign has the rust one. Amazing. I'm glad that kind of came up. Touch the fuzzy balls. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was listening to the episode and really the phrase when I'm like, give it a toss. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. I'm way too immature not to like, I was just like, I was dying. (laughs) 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 Uh, I I will say, I think Dwayne probably knew what he was doing. (laughs) Even if I did not. (laughs) Oh, amazing. Thank you, Piffa. Thank you, Jeremy, for clearing that up. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you for asking. I'm glad I got to clear that up. Okay, uh, both of you. Another question uh, from Michael Cook, who has asked, what was your favourite Dwayne moment? Uh, There were a lot. There were a lot of really good moments. Uh, If you had to pick one, uh, Grace, let's go with you, because what was your bag of tricks? (laughs) I mean, just... I mean, I've got to say, like, the whole, like, two episodes that you were with us, Jeremy, were just fantastic. Like, you hit the ground running, like, you just knew what you were bringing to the table, and it was so electric. And it's, like, it kind of has to be with such a big character, like, that that Dwayne is. So I suppose, like, if I go with it from Gwendolyn's point of view, I just, I loved the moment where Gaius is about to go, like... I'm gonna heal and he's like nope Dwayne is already there he is casting healing word on Gwendolyn and I just like in my head I have this image of him just like with her in his arms just like casting this spell over her and she's just like on the floor like proper damsel like oh come come heal me and I just I I mean that's just and as an image I freaking love it I just love that Dwayne is just especially after he's been like so far away from the whole fight but as soon as it's safe it's like yeah cool i'm in there (laughs) just this tiny little man (laughs) (laughs) but still like in that deep lunge just like you know gwendolyn is basically doing the best limbo ever to be in those arms like (laughs) (laughs) she's got incredible core strength hell yeah (laughs) i think my favorite Dwayne moment because uh, there's two. There was one that was the funniest that simply as a listener. This is me like listening to the episodes. Um, the the one that made me like, laugh. Yeah, the I hardest. sound really funny there. Yeah, the, well, like the, I'd forgotten about the ghost cow thing. Listening <laughs> 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 to it, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what was I doing? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It so <laughs> passed me uh that I don't know what you were doing, but that was funny. <laughs> uh, so uh but I really, really, really liked the ending. Just with how everything came together. Like the fact that we uh, we really I was I really didn't know what was gonna happen. And that Chris came out with the suggestion and it was like, whoa, and everything just fell together really perfectly. Uh and ended up like it I feel like it ended up being a really strong ending i was just like whoa that was cool i think that's probably my favorite moment amazing i I gotta say favorite moment for me uh was the like reintroduction to the party and juno going absolutely mental at you 
and like getting all of this stuff out to the point where she thought like you know game set match and then Dwayne just showing off his class in being able to be like well actually no it's all of these things and I've been trapped for so long and being so believable that they couldn't just go with what the players were going it's like oh yeah this is complete bullshit they had to buy into everything you said because of the insight checks that for me was like this is going to be a great episode i'm really looking forward to how he's going to play this uh to the point of eventual ghost cow um <laughs> and like all that all that stuff of like i want to feel the rush of the sea it's like we're on a lake i want to feel the rush of the lake it was oh. <laughs> It's so funny. You just you just are pure gold, Jeremy. So <laughs> oh, thank is, you. You are just oh, it's just smashing. Can't wait you to are have a, you back. A bard of eloquence, one hundred percent. Um. Okay. Uh, there's another question for both of you. Uh, this one's also from Michael Cook, uh, who has asked: Was there anything you wanted to do uh, as Dwayne that you didn't manage to? Uh, so actually, I think this is a question for Jeremy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Grace, when you were playing Dwayne, yes. Uh, what did yeah, Dwayne want to do to Dwayne? Uh, yeah, was there anything you wanted to do with Dwayne? Uh, that you wanted to um, but yeah, yeah, okay. Let's ask the question in that way, Gwendolyn. No, this uh, is a family show. This is a family show. Uh, once again, don't try. So don't drink the milk. Um, so. They, Always bringing it back. <laughs> like Tenet. Uh, so, um, was there anything I wanted to do as Dwayne that I didn't manage to? Um, I didn't have to use most of my spells because I had I had a bunch more spells that I could have cast. And I guess I never rolled a natural 20 on either a deception or persuasion. So I never actually got to say that's a 30 for me. Um, oh, but that would have wow. been fun. Uh, but honestly, like... I I thought that we I got to do like more than I expected. That was really cool. Like those two episodes were packed. Uh, it was really really fun. So I would say uh, anything that I want to do would be like future stuff. Like if if Dwayne comes back and explore different uh, aspects of like I guess his life, but also his relationship to Gwendolyn and everything. I think we should say when. It's not a case of if <laughs> yeah. at this point. Uh, I mean, the fans will be at the door kicking it down, demanding more Dwayne. <laughs> it's absolutely fabulosa to hear. Yes. <laughs> uh, ben actually is going to follow up that question. We all know Ben. Yeah, I think the listeners have heard of Ben before. Um, was there anything uh, Gwendolyn didn't get to say to Dwayne? Oh, gosh. Um, I think she was so bowled over by what was happening. like she spent all this time looking for him and then he's there and then oh he's he's wasn't rubbish and he did actually have a reason for running away and and that's what i thought and i did believe in him but then i changed my mind and so i think <laughs> i mean sure she, i think she'd like to know if that tiara really was real <laughs> maybe <laughs> you know <laughs> like uh maybe that um or you say you love me but like how many of us do you love and that's okay i think she'd be cool with that i think she just wants to be one of them i think there's not there's not enough time there wasn't enough time to really explore what was going on there it's just a whirlwind of stuff mm. that 
she didn't have really time to think basically stay tuned for the Dwayne Gwendolyn Dwayne uh, Gwendolyn special where it's just yes. the two of them hanging out for a couple episodes just having long just, conversations just them having like a date or something and just Aww. being like oh okay I mean I, I'm seeing very uh, Daenerys Targaryen vibes of that kind of date like oh I'm gonna take you across the world just Gwendolyn on the back of a dragon <laughs> I mean that would be an epic date <laughs> would. just don't go crazy <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Well, <we're> uh, <laughs> there's a there's a running joke here that I'm not going to say, <laughs> but I've said it several times already this episode. <laughs> um, okay, I think uh, there's a final question in here. This one is for Jeremy, and it's from our resident warlock, Daryl. Uh, again, you might have heard of Daryl. So, Jeremy, does Dwayne ever think about the future? Uh, if there's a peace to be had from the life he's led up until now? And does he think he can reach it? Um, I don't think so. I think Dwayne has just been surviving ever since leaving Arthur. I think he's pretty much just been surviving. So I don't think the future is entirely like I need to survive. Like I need to, what do I, okay. I've, I've managed to move on uh, from, from this past situation. Okay. I need to find someone else. Cause I think he's also I think he's also desperate for love and positive connection as well. But uh, if there's a peace to be had, I hope so. I hope he can. I think it would take a lot of difficult choices and personal growth on his part. But I don't think he's like, so similar to the earlier conversation about whether or not he could defeat Arthur. I think it's a matter of like, can he bring himself to move on? I think if he does manage to to do that, then he would finally find some form of peace, uh, whatever that may look like. Daenerys Targaryen, Gwendolyn riding away <laughs> into the sunset. I, I mean, hey, I they just released it. a they just released a dragon monk subclass, so what? you know what? Uh, yeah, like earlier this year, it's I think it's way of the ascendant dragon. So I'm just saying. Oh my lord. Uh, I mean, it's such a shame that you made up the way of decorum. This is a this is a perfect <laughs> fit, is what I'm hearing right here. Oh no, there's another question that's been squeezed in here again for you, Jeremy. <laughs> this is the <laughs> the final final question from Jerominus Cobimus Maximus. Why are you so fly? <laughs> This question completely trumped Chris. He did not know what to answer to it. So yeah, why are you so fly, Jeremy? Because I'm a dragon, darling. And dragons have wings. Ah, yes! Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we got a little bit of pure fabuloso at the end oh, there. Oh, yeah, just that voice. Woo! Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, guys. That was amazing. I really feel like I've got into this relationship even more now. And we've heard a few things from Gwendolyn as well. Uh, massive thank you uh, to all of you for your questions, uh, to our Patreon subscribers for their continuing support, and a huge, huge thank you to Grace and Jeremy for being utterly brilliant. And if you've enjoyed Jeremy's dotchet tones, don't forget to have a listen to Three Black Halflings, the, the Three Black Halflings podcast. It's a really easy listen. Uh, it's full of laughs and love for D&D. Uh, the show caters to first-time players and experienced DMs alike. 
And, uh, you know, let's be honest, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast enough to have made it this far, it kind of sounds like Three Black Halflings will be right up your street. I am a personal fan. It is new for me. I've already rinsed many, many episodes. Oh, thank you. There's only one thing left to do. So, um... Give us your best American Anan. 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 Oh, do you want do you want uh do you want do you want uh, New York Anan for now? Yeah, do it, do it from an actual American. Anan for now. Or Anon for now, darling. That one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Hello, Crumpets. Uh, That's a nickname suggested for you all from Mike C on our Discord. Uh, It's Ben here, just putting on my announcer voice to say a huge thanks to our special guest, Jeremy Cobb, to Grace, Superfan Sam, and to all the Superfans from Patreon who joined us live and put their questions to the cast. Our next No Small Questions will be with La Baby DM himself, David and our in-house bard, Chris. Keep an eye on our social media for when we'll be recording the next episode. Oh, and talking of social media, if you're not following us already, we're at No Small Roles on Instagram and Twitter, or find us on Facebook by searching for No Small Roles. Roles is spelt with a double L, as in the double L at the end of hall or call, or the double L in whatchamacallit. And yes, that is an actual word in the dictionary for any Scrabble fans out there. Now, if you can't get enough Jeremy Cobb in your life, and who could ever have enough of the Cobblet, then make sure you listen to Three Black Halflings, where Jeremy chats all things Dungeons and indeed Dragons with Jasper and Unati. Their show is packed full of DM tips, thought-provoking conversations, fun guest appearances, oh, and an actual play campaign, The Cub and the Caterpillar Oagadu Tale. Still need more Jeremy in your life? I mean, you're not wrong, are you? But uh, the good news is, Teapot and Tea Caddy patrons can also listen to David's conversation with Jeremy as they create the character of Dwayne Fabulosa. Listen out as Jeremy rolls his stats. I think you can just make out the sound of the Luckbringer herself blessing his dice. Now, if that sounds interesting, head on over to our Patreon, where there are four levels of support to pick from, starting from £1 per month. Each level comes packed with perks. It's like a suitcase stuffed full of perks at the end of a holiday, including shout-outs, access to some of David's original music, and a chance to influence the world of Dulamere through our world-building polls. Find out more and sign up at patreon.com forward slash no small roles. We'll be back in Ferrisine's workshop next Sunday with episode 33. And also look out for another instalment of Superfan Chats as our resident superfans recap and discuss theories all the way up to episode 32. That's coming to your earphones very soon. Right, I'm off to search Spotify for hurdy-gurdy music, and on for now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.